You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to a special edition of MLB Extras. Let's listen in as Pirates manager Clint Hurdle addresses the media from the winter meetings in Las Vegas. We had talked about it at times last year just because of the recency of it going on. Um, watching how some other clubs attacked it. Why? Sometimes it was because of injury. Sometimes it was maybe lack of a, how they felt maybe it was a fifth, fifth starter. So the, the common sense part of it's real. I mean, it's just rearranging the mentality of the people that are involved and, and working them through it, that you're going to get a guy that's going to come in and get you X number of outs, and then you're going to get, you know, we've kind of turned, maybe it's always been around, the follower, the next guy, whoever it is. And to go from there, and it takes the, the leverage of him having to face that middle of the lineup portion maybe three times. So um, we're going to see how, you know, our internal uh, competition works itself out, see if it makes sense. But we, we've planned to have that conversation. We've had the conversation to see where it takes us. Well, the ones we've identified is a guy that obviously is, is, is a pretty good reliever that can get through that part of the lineup. Um, you're going to take a guy that may be one of your bridge guys, um, you know, the, the names that uh, of the people that have done it, you go and look at their workloads, their history, their career. We've got some guys in-house that we've talked about. I don't want to throw names out right now here until we, we have those honest conversations with the people involved. But it's somebody that can obviously both get both right or left, you know, because I think the days of, uh, you know, the managers trying to attack an opener in a certain way, I mean, you pretty much got to – you got to feel if he's an opener or if he's a legitimate starter. Tyone's not going to be confused with that that position, or is you know with a guy like Musgrove or or uh, or Williams um, that can get both sides of the plate out, uh, that can throw some of you know a volume of pitches that's real and significant that can maybe get you six outs. Well, it's always a period of, you know, just trying to work them in slowly as far as more often than not, you feel like you're drinking from a fire hose, you join a new organization. And um, we've sat both men down individually. We've also had an opportunity to get together as a group and with Kevin Young included here in Las Vegas. Rick and I have some history from back in the day. He worked with Davey. He worked with Marcel, Team USA, Davey in, in Washington. Davey and I have had ongoing conversation for 20 years now. So uh, to find out uh, Rick's background in a more uh, meaningful way, the different roles, the different responsibilities, the different ideas that he's had, the, the update, the awareness of the new technology out and available and how it applies and having the language to convey to players to simplify it, I think he's, uh, he's a really good uh, find for us. Jacob Cruz um, knew, had him as a player. Actually, I was a coach in Colorado in 2001. Barty and him were in the same outfield. So I was both their hitting coach and their outfield coach. And he was very impressive in the early interview that we had. And then following up, talking to some other people that he had 
some common history with, that I had common history with, found out that he had really worked hard at research himself. You know, what he, where he was a coach, what he wanted to be as a coach, and where the game was going. And he actually got into a lane uh, to track that, to hunt that, and get better at that. So I think the combination of the two, um, uh, it's going to give us an opportunity to, to do a job, uh, hopefully a more productive, more consistent job than we've been able to do in the past. But we had two good men involved. And that's one of the things I think sometimes our industry kicks to the feet is when new people come in, you just you blow the trumpets and you sing the praises like the guys before weren't trying or the men before weren't good men. The men before weren't putting the work in. And that's never going to be the case with me. The, the Jeff Livesey and Jeff Branson dedicated everything they had. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't work. Both have found other opportunities. We're happy for them. It's time we felt to bring in a couple new men. Sometimes a different voice does make a difference. Some type different skill sets can help and make a difference. And I think that's what we've tried to add value with for our organization. Lonnie, Lonnie can hit. He's a versatile defender that I think we've kind of said, yeah, that's good. We'd like you to go play right field. You know, if we get in a pinch and we've got to move some things around, but he's already gone out of his way. He's at a time in his career where he also feels an edge and a want to that's probably uh, maybe a little bit, uh, there's more traction to it than before because he's been off the field some. And when this man's been on the field, the bat has played. Uh, the versatile defender has played. Um, there's experience and there's playoff experience. There's good team experience being a teammate. So he brings a lot of intangibles as well as skill set to the game that we feel could really complement our club, our roster as it sits right now. And with the absence of Polanco to go out there and, and get an opportunity to perform with some consistent at bats. Uh, to start with, a year of experience for a starting rotation, an opportunity for somebody, Brault, Kingham, um, somebody else to come in and, and provide us with a fifth st starter if need be. Uh, the edge we saw from our bullpen last year is real and significant. We were able to, to win games that we had leads in uh, after the sixth inning. Um, and I think for me, as important as anything, is we have position players that are going to take the field that all have room for improvement. Every one of them arguably has, has an opportunity for room for improvement. Cervelli will tell you that. Diaz will tell you that. You talk to Dickerson, Marte, Polanco when he returns, Gonzalez, who we've added, Chisenhall, Frazier, Bell, uh, Moran, and Gong. So that in and of itself is very exciting to me walking in the door as well. He's an elite player. Um, he's really good at batting. Yeah, we, we've watched a little bit of it. Um, our division was good before Paul Goldschmidt got into it. Uh, you look at the records. Uh, you look at the lineups that you got to face if you're a pitcher. He's added more talent uh, to their club individually and, and to our division. However, the one thing I like about our guys is come game time, they're ready to go out and get outs. And the name on the back I don't think we have any stargazing going on. Um, I think they'll look at it as a, a very professional challenge to get another really good hitter, uh, to get him out or, or try and negate uh, what he can do. Um, but good players, you know, good players are always fun to compete against.
I think what we what I experienced with with Andrew is Andrew's going to impact the clubhouse with his daily effort, with his daily preparation. There's times when he will be vocal and it, it falls back. I date myself, but the old E.F. Hutton commercial, when he does talk, people listens. He's not a, a big talker. He's not a guy that's going to get in front of people. Hey, we need to huddle up and meet up. But there will be points in times where he would take a vocal stand uh, and share something, whether it was a hitter, hitter's meeting or a team prep, team advance meeting, sometimes in a dugout during a game. Uh, but the daily effort, uh, the energy that he would bring, uh, the way he would go about uh, the even the dugout conversations during a game where we're, we're fighting, competing, to add value to somebody else, what he's seeing, what he's feeling. Uh, it was a tremendous honor to have him as a player and to be his manager. For I just spent some time today texting him and reaching back out to him and told him I'm happy for his opportunity, excited for his opportunity. It's a, it's a park he swung the bat at pretty well in the past as well, so a little different than San Francisco for him to be able to go to that venue and swing the bat. It should be, could be a very exciting time. Well, this year, I don't know. You know, I, we love our guys. Uh, we love the development of Hayes. We love the development of Tucker. love the development of Keller. Um, we'll see how the season plays out. Um, Cole Tucker, we were able to bring into our spring training last year. Mitch Keller, we just brought him over for a game. Looking forward to that opportunity to get to know him. Um, sometimes opportunities present themselves. Sometimes players force opportunities. That's why I'm not going to set a clock on it. We'll see what happens. However... They've gotten to a point in time where they know where the next opportunity lies. Cabrian Hayes hasn't been in AAA, so this is a new opportunity for him to start there. Uh, the other two have experienced that to some degree. Um, good players find their way to the major leagues, though. I shared with uh, with Kenny Williams and 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 Ricky Renneria today. They're getting a a good pitcher and a good man. Um, he's continued to evolve and work and learn. It wasn't like he showed up and thought he was a finished product leading New York. Um, he had to embrace a different kind of game, a different style of game coming to the National League. Um, he's got a tool set as far as pitchability that's real, can sequence, breaking ball can play. He used his changeup more. Was that, that became a pitch he started using more. Two-seam fastball. And actually, just to show you, a guy turns over 30, starts elevating his fastball later in his career, learning continuing to learn, continuing to want to get better. Uh, he was a, the definition of a pro. Uh, he added value to us in the clubhouse, on the field. Uh, with all our players, during game time, he'd always be huddled up with a group towards the end, though, sharing comments, sharing thoughts. So uh, he will, uh, he'll be a good addition. I'm excited, but from a different standpoint, I've only seen glimpses. I have some coaches that have seen him play. I have some coaches that are very excited uh, to bring for him to, to enter in our organization with an opportunity to, to be our shortstop, an opportunity to, to, con to compete for a position. People that have seen him in the past, um, people that are aware of the challenge that a, a guy's playing, he's trying to play. Wait a Lindor's in front of me. Who's that other guy? Oh, that Gonzalez guy's in front of me. Um, it can be tough. Uh, he continued to work. He continued to try to be ready for whatever opportunities he was presented. 
We like the player. We like the skill set. This type of environment, this could be a, a really good match for both of us. So I'm basically excited because of what our scouts have had to say that have watched him at length, a volume of games, and what some of our coaches have seen from him. Um, and then there's always individuals that you can network with in the game that have experienced the man and know something of the man that will share this. This could be a really good fit for him as well, getting, getting a first chance, getting an opportunity to, to go win a job. Well, it may be and it may not be, you know. Um, talked to Musgrove last time he was in town for the weekend. It was six weeks post-surgery. It was his first play catch day with one of our PTs. Um, have had conversation with Archer. He feels really good mentally about having been able to take care of what was lingering, was ongoing. He tried to manage and work through. That won't be a problem. We'll see where it plays out. Polanco's not going to be ready opening day. I don't know when he's going to be ready. So that's a real position. The other two guys, we'll just wait and see. I do think we, we deal with it realistically. You've got to have a plan B. So I think we're aware of the fact of, of having a plan B in place and staying optimistic on the timetables that these guys are working through. It's such uh, a hard question to answer um, because I'll be the first one to tell you, it's really hard to be a good reliever for five years. We've had some guys go through our, our team that have been really good relievers. Tony Watson was a really good reliever for five, six years. Um, sometimes it's just overall health because when they're good, they get used frequently. And I got to believe there's a threshold of pitches, ups, innings, all comes together that can keep them in a place where they can, okay, get some downtime, get rest, go out and be healthy the next year, as far as they understand. And then sometimes maybe you've crossed that border. They still think they're healthy. They feel okay. They can work through things. Maybe they're not where they were the year before um, from a freshness standpoint, from, a, from an overall health, arm health standpoint. Sometimes it's the league punching back. They had certain situations or their pitches don't show up as well. Maybe they were a seventh-inning guy. Now they want to be an eighth-inning guy. Uh, and maybe they try and add, or as Ray Surge likes to say all the time, try and enhance the pitch rather than execute the pitch. So there's different reasons. Um, that's one of the things you got to work through. And Neil's done such a great job for us over the years, putting together a good bullpen, bringing men in uh, that have consistently shown up, or when we've had some, some openings to go find other guys that have been more than capable to come in and add value. Hypothetical situations I'm not a big fan of. He's, he's a pirate right now. Uh, he's talking. We'll see. If we get to there, I still think there's a path of contention. Nobody here can tell, you, tell me what Diaz is going to do next year. I can't tell you what Diaz is going to do. But then that opportunity to present itself, and, and, and Elias would get a chance to show us what he can do. Um, so I still would think we'd be ready to go play ball, and I think it would be the, the, the biggest gas kit around would be Diaz. He's not 22 anymore. He's at a point in time where he would probably really embrace an opportunity to start games. 
and play five days a week and see where he could take it because we saw an impactful bat. We saw a solid re, uh, receiver. We saw a good thrower, a guy that was sequencing games, puts some shutouts together with the staff. So uh, it wouldn't be the same team, obviously. Uh, it would be a different skill set, but I think it's still one that would be of contention, absolutely. I would figure out a way that I got to get them to stop playing me that way. Um, you know, back in the day, we'd all get together when I was a kid and we'd go out and play on a yard or a field. And if we didn't have enough players, you'd shut down a field. Sometimes we'd shut down the pool field. We didn't know why we did it. We just would do it to change the game and realize we'd learn how to hit the ball the other way. And then sometimes, you know, you'd shut down the off field so you'd learn how to pull the ball. But what the shifts are telling hitters is here's what you do. And here's the way we're going to play you. And it's now that point of competition where a punch has been thrown, a defense has been laid out. Where's your counterpunch? Where's your answer? Um, we've actually seen some guys physically, and I, you can watch swings, go about trying to change the shift that, that, that's being played against them in our division, certain left-handed hitters, because it affects the left-handers way more than the right-handers, um, by taking different shots at hitting balls the other way and doing different things. But um, it's just another evolution of the game that's been very intriguing. It's been very creative. It's changed the dynamic of the game. Well, you know, that's part of it. But I think the misconception a lot of times is just that, Rick, because you can pull data. It doesn't matter if the guy's throwing 95 or 85. Over the course of 1,000 at-bats, the hitter's going to hit this many balls to second base. It doesn't matter. It's not as much predicated on the pitcher as it's predicated on the hitter's patterns, the hitter's DNA, the hitter's want to or not want to. Um, the importance of it, it goes back to Braves baseball when they used to pitch down and away all the time and they play that trash can defense where the left fielder would play down the line just off the field, but everybody, and you'd look, well, how can he play there? Well, because that's where they're going to hit the ball because that's where the pitchers are pitching it. Our pitchers, we have a group right now that have actually, you know, they bought into it. They know we're going to do it. Here's why we do it. The importance of getting the balls to certain zones, certain spots and zones is always going to be important because hitters have cold zones. So that's part of it as well. However, it's always been fun for me to, re to review back the f when we first started doing all the shifting and had some older pitchers, some veteran pitchers on the mound, and they'd look at the shortstop over the right shoulder, and then you'd see him go. And they'd have to step off because, you know, the, no, he's over there, AJ. He, he's over on the second base side. So just turn this way, and you might see him easier. It's really about embracing, and, and there's going to be change in life and in sport. That, there, there's no doubt. How you embrace it, the level you embrace it to, and the willingness to embrace it, I think it can be a separator. Wait a minute, Bill just moved him. You're bringing him back? Okay. All right. It would be an option, and the level of more of an option would also be predicated on how Josh Bell shows up and the job he's able to do. Um, versatility is going to help. Francisco will be the first one to tell you he's a catcher. And the occasional game or in a game when you can move him over there, maybe. 
double switch, need, get Diaz back there for a pinch hit, keep him in the game. I think that all plays out. It strengthens our roster to have that ability when needed and to play it out from time to time. Well, that's, you know, our, our plan going in and then, you know, two weeks from now, we have a plan going in because I believe as an organization, the conversation we've had, this, we believe, could be the best way to leverage the bat. He's been a good hitter. He's been an offensive player. Uh, when he was able to come back from AAA and get his mechanics in line and a better place for him, a, a, a place of conviction, you saw the barrel play. You saw him catching balls out front, pull side fly balls, air underneath them. Um, the walks, re you know, the walks real, but he's not a guy that's going to get a ton of walks, but the at bat's real. The grind, the grit, and he's very good against left handed pitching. It's not a big separation split guy. Um, we've just got to be smart with reps, with at bats. That's something he's growing into as well, but I think that's one way that we can find out how good a hitter he can be. Time will tell, but that's, I think that's an organizational belief, a conversation that we've had. Yes, sir. No, I think that's, that's, first of all, what you hear and what's real. I was just at a meeting today with Major League Baseball talking about a lot of these things. What's real conversations being had? What's conversation being had? Um, if there ever gets a day, Jim, where they ask me what I think, you know, and there may be, I, I don't have it in my DNA to say, no, we can't have the shifts. Um, there was a level of, of analytics that some teams were so far ahead of the curve they were benefiting from and leveraging ahead of other teams at the time. Now that, that massive information everybody's kind of ca caught up to. So I'm kind of curious on, on what's, what's the next smart play. And for me, elimination, I don't know if that's ever the best smart play. It may be. But in my gut of gut, my first initial re reaction is like, you know what, this, these hitters need to figure some things out. Um, and, and attack it from that standpoint, because we talked to our guys about how it's real, uh, and they're doing it for a reason. And you know, it's just like they pitch you for a reason. You know, they, they feel you got some weak spots, and they want to they want to isolate that. And you want to work to your strong spots. Well, let's work to some strong spots and try and get that third infielder on the right side of the infield, getting back over at shortstop and, and open up some ground. So we'll see where it all goes. It's just an interesting time to be involved in, in the game of baseball. That's for sure. I can't tell you that. Secret stuff, man. There's only 30 managers and 30 general managers in there. Why do you feel it's so difficult for the hitters? It's not so much that it's so difficult. It's the way they've been raised. And a part of it's Major League Baseball. It's the way they get paid, what they get paid for. Um, and we'll be the first ones to tell you, when it all comes down to walks, strikeouts, and home runs, it's not the same game for the fan. You know, fans, I think, they, they want to see action. And a walk's not a big action play. A strikeout's obviously not a big action play. The home run's nice. But, um, so I think more often, than, more often than not, it's about what they've grown up learning. Who's doing the teaching? What results are they looking for in the leagues they're playing or the showcase camps they're going to? What are scouts looking for? What are they be, being graded on? 
uh, in part, I think some of it has baseball has created this the launch angle in its own way. But the funny part of it, go read Ted Williams' book of hitting. He talks about launch angle all those years ago, getting a ball out front, middle part of the plate, and hitting it up in the air. So there's some things we're just we're grabbing onto, we're holding uh, onto, and we're leveraging, and things are good things are happening, but you've already started seeing pitchers fight back. Used to be pitch the ball down. No, no, pitch the ball up now. The guys that are trying to get launch angle, now they're trying to hit high fastballs. But I still think it's a hitter learning how to be a hitter would be the best way to to get the shift back to being playing straight up defense. Speaking of balls in play, you guys were one of the lowest strikeout teams in the majors last year in an era of strikeouts. How, how important is that to be able to consistently avoid these strikeouts? I still think it's important. I do think there's a game, uh, a time where our game is going to recalibrate itself. Um, strikeouts have never been higher. First time ever strikeout more than hits. Uh, batting average, lowest in since, what, 70s or something? I mean, the, the overall industry batting average at the major league level. Um, a strikeout, as I said before, if you average nine as a team, you're watching the other team play catch for three innings. It's hard to win a ball game when the other team plays catch for three innings, and you, now you take those nine outs, you take them off the board, now you're working with 18 outs to beat the other team offensively. Putting a ball in play, you make people make plays. You make people make plays. And sometimes you find holes. So I do believe that there still is value uh, in that and, and, being, and seeing pitches. And, you know, I've had conversations. Well, the, the starters don't stay as long. I get it. Truthfully get it. But there's also hasn't been a season where we've had five openers in a rotation. Or you start having three openers rotate. What that's going to do to the bullpen because there's going to be some consequences to be paid when starting pitchers don't pitch the innings that you need to have them pitch uh, to keep your guys in the bullpen. You talked about you want to talk about guys being fresh and being able to go. The more they're used, the less that can happen. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.